Okay, so this is one of the other episodes I did. This is with uh, Fighting Mesquita, who's a 2022 IMF uh, World Championship at Featherweight, Women's Featherweight. And uh, she also won, recently won uh, her pro debut in Australia. Now, I was kind of giving some coverage to this match because uh, I was kind of talking about it, and one of my friends had talked about in women's MMA, there may not have been a match where, a pro debut match at least, where two women that have accomplished as much as these two had going into it. And that was uh, Finding Mosquito and Danielle Curtis, who had already won uh, three belts in uh, three different weight classes among, among uh, three uh, organizations. And uh, this this fight took uh, place recently in an enduro fight series and uh, finally won the fight uh, fairly quickly in the first round. And uh, so we kind of talked about that and uh, talked about uh, their background a little bit and uh, yeah, kind of got into uh, some different things uh, regarding the, the IMF, you know, her winning the IMF, uh, which is the biggest uh, amateur MMA organization in the world and uh, it's getting bigger and I think you're going to see a lot more of uh, people coming out of that that are getting opportunities like in uh, Dana White's Contender Series and stuff like that. I know that there's a couple of athletes that won IMF that are going to be competing in it this time around. So check out this show. This is uh, Fighting Mosquito uh, Fighting Out of Australia. All right, so I'm Todd Atkins, and I'm here with Finding Mosquito, and uh, it's the Todd Atkins Show. And Finding, I want to thank you for taking time to do this with me. And the reason this fight, I kind of want to get in this fight with uh, Danielle Curtis. The reason this came as interest to me is I have a friend in Australia, Justin Lawrence. I've known him for over 20 years. And he had reached out to me, and he said, there's a fight coming up. And it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Both competitors have already accomplished, you know, championships. You know, they've already accomplished, you know, a lot already. And there's kind of this IMF, Gamma, maybe rivalry sort of attached to the fight as well. And he was also saying in women's MMA, you could argue that this fight may be two competitors in a debut match. There may not have been two more accomplished competitors in a debut fight. Do you agree with that? Uh, I would say so. Uh, first, in first place, thank you for having thank you for having me. Uh, yes, I would say so. In terms of uh, for a debut, like. Uh, I was the first person in Australia uh, senior to get a gold medal in IMF. So as uh, an amateur, like you couldn't go higher than that. You know, Gamma, same same thing. And she got all their belts as well previously. So in terms of an amateur career, like what else could you expect for? Uh, so, yeah. I, and also we, uh, I reckon I was like the top ranked like amateur flyweight. She was probably like the second or third. So, yeah, it's, it seemed like to make complete sense to me. 
Now, let me ask you this. Why do you think the two of you were matched up first? Uh, first, uh, look, I, I for, didn't for even... For a debut. Oh, for a debut. Uh, I... I didn't even knew like about this uh, game uh, IMF rivalry. All I knew is that like last year, for instance, like the reason why I went to IMF for the second year in a row, I was not even like that keen to be honest, is because I couldn't find a fight here in Australia. Uh, pretty much everybody who fought last year uh, in flyweight said no to fighting me after my fight in September. Uh, and I reckon Danielle was also having the same struggle. And like I said, we're, we're just like ready to move to, to our pro uh, careers. Um, it was happening pretty much at the same time and we had similar experiences. So I reckon the promoter thought it would be a good match. Now, I wanna ask you about this IMF Gamma rivalry. I know you didn't said you didn't really necessarily know about it, but did you feel any of that? going into the fight, like having to represent for IMF? Look, not really, because like they didn't even reach out to me. Uh, and Danielle is someone that I also have been following, like at least online, her career for a couple of years at least. So like it was, it was just something else that she accomplished and something that I accomplished. And I didn't see like that was, uh, uh, I didn't feel rivalry anyway. You know, she seems to be a lovely person as well. So, like, I couldn't feel like there was something behind it. And especially because the promotions, like, uh, the organizers, they were not backing us up or promoting this as, like, the clash of the uh, the world champions. No, no, no one ever mentioned that to me. So, for me, it was just another fight. <laughs> That's interesting. So, because my friend was saying, though, he was, he talked to me for a long time about this, and he made it seem like, Maybe there was more to this match than than you're indicating, but that maybe it doesn't surprise me because you're the competitor in the fight. Yeah. Also, not uh, yeah, I was not following game. that. I, I needed. I didn't need to be sold the fight, so because I was already in the fight. So maybe that that would be a way to to, to talk about it, uh, and maybe that's what happened for other people. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Now, as their champion, like you mentioned, they they weren't really saying, they, like you said, they didn't reach out to you or say you need to win for us or anything like that. It wasn't like that at all. No, no. Okay. Let me ask you this. So <clears throat> how much did you know about Danielle going into the fight? Uh, I knew that she was fighting like for longer than me. Uh, what else? Uh, she also fought one of my, let's say, extended teammates uh, uh, back a few years back. Uh, and yeah, I also heard that she was like actually dropping to flyweight. And yeah, that's pretty much what I, I knew. And, you know, when you're preparing for it, were you preparing with Coach Sabotis for the fight the entire time? Uh, I learned about the fight probably like three months prior so that would be let's see oh uh, like yeah it was probably like very early may or late april uh so yeah i i, I didn't have any, any anything booked in the in the months following um imf so yeah i started preparing i like to prepare like with some time in advance i 
So that's pretty much what I did. Now, as how the fight went, you know, it seemed like you kind of went through the fight and it went about as as good as you could have hoped. Maybe tell me about your thoughts on the fight. Uh, I know that it's probably going to seem like very similar to other things, to other fights that I had previously, but it does change a little bit uh, depending on the fighter that you are fighting. Uh, like, uh, for instance, I knew that she, you would kick a lot much more than other opponents that I did. So we probably, uh, we started, we maybe ended the same way, but we started like uh, grabbing the kick. That's not something that I normally do all the time. Um, so uh, kidding. yeah, so I think that was one of the the things like to I had time to know who was my opponent. I had time to watch her fights because previously I just I had a tournament like four days back to back. So I would have to do like whatever, you know, <laughs> I would have to go with the flow. So I think that was one of the main differences for me. I could visualize much more. I could be prepared for much more. Uh, that's why the fight went the way it, it went. Now, how much time do you spend watching as 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 you prepare? Uh, I myself watched it like only once and not even all the fights. I definitely watched the fight that she had like four weeks prior. Uh, and then my coach was like, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I like I like to I like to watch. I like to see what's coming. I doesn't make me feel nervous or anything like that and yeah it's good for me to visualize to have an idea of like how they look like in the cage their size all, all this type of stuff now the fight like i said it kind of went about as good as you could have hoped having the fight go that way like you know with this fight built up the way it was what was your feelings after uh can i say uh well i was preparing for so long so uh it's very rewarding to uh, like when things they go according to the plans like uh, it's perfect right uh i was of course prepared for uh not being you know not succeeding with, with the takedown so quickly or having to improvise and do other stuff we always have a plan b and c uh but like it feels great also because i think that was mentioned before uh, in, uh, I didn't start fighting until you know I was in my thirties, and I'm I know I'm not gonna have a long career. I might I might have a great career, but it's not gonna be super long. So I want to make the most of my fights, and without any damage. So I was really happy about that as well. That was one of the main things for me. Uh, yes, I could start, you know, doing something more fun, more <laughs> have more blood or things like that that people love to watch. But I'm really happy that I, I I got the finish, and I got it with no damage at all. Yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you about because you said you don't feel like you're going to have a long career. Like you kind of started later, right? As far yeah. as getting into MMA. So having known that, do you feel like if you're if you're wanting to get maybe to where maybe you want to go, do you feel like I gotta do it quickly? No, I mean, uh, no, it's not like I don't. I'm not gonna have a long career at all. Uh, but it's not gonna be super long. I'm not gonna fight for the next twenty years. That's a fact. I'm 35, so maybe 20 years are achievable. Yes, 
let's see. But uh, for now, how I can make up for the time that I didn't fight in my trainings? Having more fights. And how do I have more fights? Being healthy and not getting injured. So for me, that's on top of winning the fight, I have that in, in the back of my mind as well. I want to be healthy and I want to finish uh, the safest possible way for me. Now, as far as your next fight goes, do you have like a certain amount of fights that you're booked for enduro or can you fight anywhere? Uh, not really. I can actually fight anywhere. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a contract or anything binding me uh, to fight in, or preventing me to, to fight for the promotions. And like I mentioned before, it was already quite hard for me to find a fight before IMF. So um, I'm open to whatever, like, to whatever opportunities come after this. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you already know ahead of time you were having a hard time getting fights before. So you kind of thinking I might have to look outside of Australia for the next one. That's also a possibility. Uh, as you know, Australia is like quite far and hard to get, you know, uh, fights because like it's not a massive population in this country. So if you compare with Europe, you know, you have like so many countries that are like two hours flight away. And I'm not, you know, depending on the direction I fly two hours, I'm still in the same state. So it, yeah, it does make a difference. And that's all obviously a possibility. Uh, on top of that, I wanna grow in the career. So I will have to fight internationally. And yeah, it's something I'm looking forward to. Well, I mean, like UFC is coming to Sydney. If they <laughs> called you, would you do it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course I would. You would? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not unheard of, you know, like when they need somebody that they might, you know, reach out to you. So that's something you would do if they asked you to. Yes. Uh, is that, uh, how many weeks? Five weeks from now? Yes, I'm going to be on white. <laughs> Just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to ask you kind of about, we talked about the fight, but I kind of want to ask you, like, when you came to Australia and you kind of got into... I know you got into training quickly because I watched some of your other interviews. You hadn't, you said like maybe a week after. Were, when you got that story, you were already thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to do MMA. Not really. I had, I had like maybe down six years, six months or not even a year of jiu-jitsu in Brazil before I moved to Australia. And then I was just looking for a jiu-jitsu gym. Uh, which I trained uh, for a year or so. And then I moved to another part of the city and I started training in this gym that had MMA. And I would go from work to the gym and maybe wait an hour, over an hour for the jiu-jitsu class to start. So I started doing Muay Thai and then I started doing the boxing classes and the wrestling classes. Eventually I was like, okay, what if we put everything together and join the MMA classes? But I didn't think about competing until quite a few years doing that, to be honest, at least three or four. Now, have all your fights been with uh, Anato Sabotic or, or no? Yes. So you kind of started fighting when you started training with him. 
Uh, I yes, I had a couple of fights booked previously, uh, but they were canceled due COVID. We had two big lockdowns in Sydney, so one fight was like in the in the agreements stage first, and the first lockdown came, and then a year later, doing the whole process again, going back to training, getting excited. I had a, a fight that uh, there was a schedule. We had everything uh, ready, set up. Uh, and the second lockdown came on my fight week. So uh, those were the previous fights that didn't happen. And I was still training in a different gym. Uh, and then after this, this lockdown, I started training, uh, like doing some sparring classes with Renato. He mentioned there was like a spot in the Australian team for IMF in 2021. And I joined. Now that's interesting. So, because I was about to ask you that, how how does somebody get into IMAS? So, in your case, you just said we have a spot. Do you want it? Yes, that was pretty much it. So, after having like this long wait for my first fight, uh, it was uh, it took me over two years to get my first fight, um, and it was canceled again. So, I decided, yes, why not? I'm going to join. Uh, it didn't go very well, though. But it was a great experience. But he must have had some influence to be able to get you in that because it's a big amount of competitors, right? Oh yes, uh, he is one of the Australian coaches for the for uh, what was previously called called IMF A. So uh, that's how he could, you know, make. Refer someone for the team, uh, right? Because it was like uh, I think someone made a position vacant, like they didn't they didn't follow through, and they are not going to the world. So uh, he was like, I, I, he saw me uh, training quite a few times. We did quite a few sessions before that, and he was like, if you want to go, uh, I can get into the team, and that's how it happened. But normally you have like uh, trials, uh, you have like Oceania which I did uh, last year uh, to get the 2022 position. So it, 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 it takes normally longer, yeah, but if someone doesn't feel the spot, yeah, it's, it's up there. So that's interesting. So you're like your average person has to work up almost like similar to Abu Dhabi, they have to qualify. Yeah. Now, when you won in 2022, Kind of take me through that a little bit. Uh, maybe like, just, you don't have to take me through all the fights, but maybe like the overall experience of, you know, going to Serbia, winning. Okay. Mm. I think for me, uh, the main thing was like getting ready for uh, having so many rounds and being able to uh be like on light every day uh that was like my main concern uh i try not to think too much about the fight especially like in a tournament uh format because you don't know who who are you gonna get so dieting training consistently uh this type of stuff um and i did have to diet quite a bit um uh, so which improved my cardio as well so it's not it's not a it was not a bad thing, obviously. 
the fights. Uh, I did like like I said, like I I do care a lot about damage, uh, especially on IMAF because being there the year before, I saw many people that they won their fights and they didn't qualify to fight the day after. So we also had that in mind that to not take damage, to not take any damage if possible. Uh, so that was one of my on the things that like uh, on our game plan and mindset to avoid that, uh, to not get too excited, even though obviously I did sometimes. Uh, what else I can mention about the experience there? Um, it's very, very uh, heavy on your body to have four fights in a week. I still look back and I, and I, I, I barely believe that I did it. I know, uh, no, I only believe because it was me. But I like, how did they do this? Uh, how how did I keep my weight so so low? And uh, waking up the next day, I was not feeling nervous, but my body was in such a physical stress that I was sleeping like one or two hours per night, and I was still performing the day after. I reckon maybe the adrenaline was making up for that, but it it was like that bad. My sleep was horrible. Fight week a couple of weeks before as well because I was in a uh, calorie uh, deficit that was quite quite intense but it had to be done otherwise it wouldn't make weight uh, and I think one of the best parts was before the final there they have the youth's final so I had one day break and that day it was like oh I can eat a bit more I can sleep a bit a bit more and it was like it made such a massive difference because like in the final it was like it was my best day and I performed much better and I finished the fight. So I was like, oh, finally finished one of my fights. Uh, the other thing as well is even though I was in, uh, not sleeping very well, I was like, probably I never felt like so happy in my life. After the second fight, it was like, I want to fight every day. That's so good. Uh, and I was so excited. Uh, so there was this, th this thing that I was like, I don't even care about the result. I just want to go and get there because like, that's the best thing ever. Uh, and yeah, that was my experience. It was re really, really positive in many aspects and showed me so much about myself or what I could do, things that I couldn't believe I could do. And yeah, I'm really grateful that I I gave another shot. In hindsight, looking back on it, if someone else was to do this, what would you tell them from your experience? Uh, obviously to enjoy the process, uh, to believe in yourself more than anything, you know, uh, and to put yourself out there, like, uh, it's still amateur, you're there to learn in the first place, like, don't be too hard on yourself if you don't get the result that you, you know, you don't get the result that you want but yeah, just do it, because you, it takes a lot, it takes a lot to even to even be like to be able to even get there, uh, to step into a cage in the first place, right? So I would definitely recommend. But yeah, you have to take it seriously on the other side because it's going to be the most excruciating experience of your life. On the other hand, but it feels great, like when you achieve something that is so big and uh, 
and you look back at all the commitment, all the training, all the training partners uh, and coaches, family members, friends, they were supporting you. And you, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. It's very, it's overwhelming. Yes. But I mean, the day to day, like you were talking about what your body went through, the little sleep you were getting, is there anything you could have done differently? Looking back on it. Okay, I was trying my best actually to have a to sleep. I was going to bed early. I was I was really trying to, but my body wouldn't would not respond to that. I definitely uh, after that experience and preparing for my last fight, I I did commit even harder with like my sleeping pattern and try and it was amazing uh it really helped with my recovery but also I, I didn't also I didn't have to cut as much weight as I did previously because like I had a had many things uh many injuries last year so I had to recover I didn't train as much so for me it was a harder cut to go to the roads uh this this year it was like super easy uh so I don't I don't think I had the physical stress that I had for IMF. Now let me ask you about this because like I said, I'm not too familiar with IMF. When you go there, like I know this is a big organization now. Is it run like really professionally? And you know, when you go there, is it like a big professionally run situation? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the camera is set up, you know, you know, when you have look, the, those big canoes, they're, they're warm and they are, all, it looks like, oh, am, am I in the UFC? It's this type of experience, like the stadium is beautifully organized. Uh, like you have like the best uh, cut men and cut women in the world. Uh, the referees as well. Like, oh, I seen this person like in this fight and yeah, everything seems to be like very professional. Um, yeah, what can I say? Yeah, it's, it's, it's much bigger than the shows that I have been here in Australia as well. They have like three, four cages, five cages maybe. Yeah, it's... Now, what do you think? Like, how soon do you think you want to fight again if it, if, if it was up to you? It was up to me uh i would like to have to have like you know eight weeks notice something like that uh so i would say may, maybe six because i'm not injured and I'm, I'm still healthy but it's always good to bulk up a little bit before you cut again so i would say eight weeks would be ideal but i'm ready to fight uh now you know now i want to ask you a little bit about your development you know, in jiu-jitsu. I know you haven't trained long, but you've already won, you know, a championship in IMF. You know, for someone who hasn't trained long, why did you develop so quickly, you think? Um, because I train every day. Uh, at the end of the day, I have been training jiu-jitsu for like nine years now and Muay Thai for probably like six years uh, and some boxing and, and wrestling sometime in between as well. So uh, it is okay. I haven't. I don't have a decade yet, but it's not like I didn't start training like last year or you know during during the lockdown. It, it's some considerable amount of time. 
uh and it's it has always been consistent like even during the lockdowns i was still like training like taekwondo kicks in the park and things like that so i never stopped like unless I, the days that i was sick or something like that i never stopped training in any since i started since day one uh so i think that consistency helped me a lot i don't think i have any special talent in terms of being coordinated never being uh you know i'm from a family of musicians i was never i was the one who was never being able to play anything uh it's just training uh training every day training hard and and committing to it because even as an amateur i always uh, i always took it very seriously uh it, if i was going to a competition i wanted to give my best to eat i'm not like i i would never go there and just like uh i would see what happens no i would train the things that i wanted to do i would plan what I, <laughs> even if it didn't work fine but i would like to go there with a plan with a goal and work to be my best version on the day now i want to ask you like uh what are some things for somebody like things that we haven't covered in this interview that you think are important or something that you want to leave this interview on that, that you think is important to tell other people? Um, a lot of people, they ask me why I do this, uh, why I spend so much time. Like I basically every time, every day I finish work, I go straight to the gym or even train in the mornings. Like why I spend all my free time on this, right? Uh, and for me, I think before I start doing uh, any, I, I start having any type of exercise or uh, sports in my life, I actually was kind of lost and I didn't know what to do. I always have had to do with depression. And that's one thing that it obviously doesn't cure, but it, makes such a positive effect in your life and having that routine as well is something that keeps me grounded uh the friends that you make as well uh so it's something that is definitely going to have a uh such a bigger impact in your life that you can you can not even imagine and and that's why i keep doing it because i, I can't imagine my life without it anymore and that's somewhere you know Kind of like you can use fighting as a platform to maybe help other people with things you've gone through maybe yeah yeah uh i mean if you can help one person is already you know uh, a great thing so imagine if you can do if you can multiply that effect um that's one of the, those things that like i spend so much time in this so why not give something back uh Now, I do want to ask one one more thing that I just thought about, which is I know the lockdowns in Australia were very, very strict. Yes. How did you get around that as far as training went? What did you do? Uh, so there were there were stages. So first, you couldn't go to the gym at all. But then you were allowed to exercise outdoors. You were ex allowed to exercise with household members. And then you're allowed to have up to, you know, four people or six people outdoors. Uh, so one of my coaches was, 
uh, training us, like, you know, doing like one on, on two sessions, one or four sessions, because the gym, yes, that was closed. Uh, and that was one way that we got active, especially during the second lockdown that was, was actually the longest in Sydney. And that was like late 2021, mid to late 2021. Now, when you couldn't leave or you couldn't train with anyone, how did you, what did you do? Uh, I started running uh, again, uh, which, I, I do like, uh, especially if the scenery is, is enjoyable, the weather is good. Uh, my knees, not so much, especially if I do three, four times a week. So I start running. I also uh, start roller skating. Uh, I used to have roller blades when I was a kid, but I never have tried roller skating. It was actually a funny story because I... I have bunions on my feet. So that's one of the, the reasons why I do sports on the mats as well, because it doesn't hurt. And many, many shoes are horrible for me. So what I did is because I couldn't find any roller skates that wouldn't hurt my feet. They are normally, they have those solid and very hard material boots. I grabbed one of my uh, boxing boots and I attach it in a, uh, the roller skate you know the the metal platform and the wheels and and i customize one for myself so that was my lockdown project how did you do that uh you can buy the parts separately uh so they know oh they sell a roller skate it was like as an entire product but you can buy the boots and you can buy uh the the beating the the wheels everything separately so i use my boxing boots because they're comfy they were wide they fit my feet perfectly and then i built from there like did you use some sort of adhesive or how did you attach it to the boot screwdrivers oh okay yes and then uh yeah wow okay well you know as we're kind of wanting the interview down i wonder Maybe you could let people know where they could find you if people wanted to get interested in what you're doing and things like that. Maybe if they wanted to support you or sponsor you. Uh, you can currently find me at Mesquita underline MMA, Mesquita underline MMA on uh, Instagram. I don't have many other social medias that are public out there. I used to be a very private person myself before I start fighting. Uh, but you can contact me, reach me out from there, and we take from there. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm also at now uh, known as X, formerly Twitter as Finey, just my first name. Uh, but I don't use much. But it's another way. If you contact me, I'm gonna see some a message coming over. So that's there. Those are the ways for the time being. And could people sponsor you if they wanted to? uh you can uh, reach out to i would i would probably say those two ways uh i do i have an email as well but i don't want to share it at, at this point uh because i want to create a separate account only for that uh for security reasons so okay well finally i want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me and uh yeah i look forward to following you you know and 
learning more seeing you as you get more fights and develop more and i just appreciate you taking the time so much to to talk to me about your fights and everything oh thank you thank you for having me i really appreciate having someone all the way <laughs> yeah, from the other side of the world uh hope you're having a good summer over there and yes uh i will stay tuned thank you yeah thank you and uh I look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yeah. Likewise, thank you. And everyone who watched this, uh, everyone who watches, thank you for the support. And until next time, uh, take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, as always, I want to thank people for taking the time to listen to these shows. And uh, please check out my YouTube channel which is Todd Atkins show. Please subscribe to that if you want to get the newest episodes uh, kind of on time. I usually release these episodes, you know, here and there in the days after I do them. But if you want to see them, you know, that day, basically, you would uh, go to my YouTube channel and uh, just please subscribe. Uh, support me and uh, share this podcast if you like it. Share it with some other people. And... Uh, As always, I'm going to keep putting out more episodes for you. And uh, until the next time, appreciate it. Take care.